Good afternoon, guys. Welcome back to On The Head podcast. I'm joined today with Angus Martin. Hello. Rob Kershaw. What's up? And Tom Cross. Hello, very nice to be here. How are we all doing today, guys? Very well. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Excellent. Right, let's start this, shall we? Uh, Start off with the news coming out of Italy today that Roma have appointed a new manager. Jose Mourinho, what a, what do we think of that appointment? Yeah, out of the blue, wasn't it? Um, especially just coming out of a Tottenham job, going straight back into to a Roma job. But you know, Jose Mourinho, always been a fantastic manager, and I'm sure he do a fantastic job there. Rob, uh, yeah, I'm quite surprised. Um, I, to be honest, I'm not sure where I saw him go next. I was actually looking forward to seeing him as seeing him as, a, as a pundit again. I thought yeah, he was going to so, be a really, so big, really good pundit when he went back to that. What can he do with Roma? I don't know. He could maybe try and push for the Champions League, but uh, given the competition they're up against, that's going to be a massive, massive ask from here. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure what he... Obviously, the Serie A title's been tighter this year. I think you'll definitely see that as a possibility. But failing that, um, I kind of would have thought he would be inclined to, to go to Germany, where, of course, he's not actually won anything yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Angus, what, what, what do you think of the appointment? Uh, I thought it's it quite soon. Um, I mean, obviously, Roma have probably seen that he's left Tottenham. They've they're agreed with their current manager he's leaving, and they've put Josie in straight away. Uh, I did think the Tottenham job would be sorted before Mourinho would get another job. I mean, he, he's good manager, proving himself all over, so it's probably only a good thing for Roma, who've currently kind of... Well, they've lagged behind the top six in Italy, so it, his appointment might change that. Everybody sort of already thought that Tottenham did have that Raptor, didn't they? Because Nagelsmann was tipped to be the man for the job, and then obviously he went to Bayern. So uh, I, I almost feel like Tottenham would have been rocked back a little bit by that. Well, yeah, yeah. Spe- speaking of the Tottenham job, um, obviously Nagelsmann, you said uh, they tried to get him. He went to Bayern Munich. They tried to get um, Eric Ten Hag from Ajax, but he recently um, signed a contract extension. So it, it's still up in the air who they're going to have. Uh, who do who do you think, Tom? Who do you think they might get in with the uh, current manager pool that is available? Tottenham Hotspur. It's a hard choice, of course. Tottenham need a new manager. I think Eddie Howe would be a good option. I think Eddie Howe's a fantastic manager. The job he did at Bournemouth across multiple years, uh, especially being a young manager, he brings something new into the club, and I think he brings us exciting value of football. Um, so for me, I'd go Eddie Howe. Oh. Uh, tough one. Um, I'm really not sure I can pinpoint anyone who would. But because the, the thing is, they've got, actually got a good squad. Um, so I can think. Oh, I don't know. I think managers would would want it. Um, Eddie Howe is a is a good option. I don't know if they would want to look at Chris Wilder. Um, obviously, he's someone that did a great job at Sheffield United. Um, yeah, let's hope it's an English manager, shall we? I'd love to see a, an English manager in in the top. Um, Top echelons of the Premier League again. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see that as well. Um, there's not really, you know, there's not really too many managers out there. I mean, there's Allegri, but he's tipped to go back to uh, back to Juventus with Pirlo. Whoever takes over, it's going to be a hell of a job. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, you've got Kane there, who you know, I think we've all seen the video where he said three years ago, if I haven't won anything in three years' time, then it's going to be a major disappointment. Tottenham haven't done so, <clears> and of course, I think a lot of people think. He could go to a better club um, or or one that's more 
inclined to win trophies. Same with Son. People will be looking at him. So managers or whoever will come in as a manager into that club has a has a job to do by both keeping the quality there and also bringing new quality in. Yeah, I agree. Um, talk a little bit about West Ham. Their uh, European hopes were kept alive yesterday with a 2-1 win. Uh, where, how do you think they'll uh, uh, do in the next three, four games that they've got? Do you think they'll secure European football? And if so, which type of European football that is, at least? Um, they've got some difficult games coming up. I know they've still got Southampton to play. I think their last game of the season, West Brom, they've got to play. Should be an easier tie. Um, and I think they've still got Leicester. They have Everton. Next. Everton, that's it, yeah. Um, they play Everton, uh, Brighton, West Brom, Southampton yeah. in, their, in their last four games. So, yeah, of course, um, Everton, that's going to be a really difficult game for West Ham. If they can get the result there, um, it drops off Everton's chances of getting a Champions League spot and puts West Ham in a good position. Of course, they need Chelsea to drop points. They'll need somebody to drop points ahead of them in the table but European football wise Europa League is definitely on the cards um, they're in the driver's seat for that so it'll be it'll be difficult though even if they do get European football their squad depth will be challenged and um, they've got a good side playing well Lingard um, on loan they will need to get him back next season if they do get European football Antonio um, with two great goals yesterday um, so yeah they, they, they'll need to keep same Spurs keep their quality in that squad and and bringing more talent to supplement an extra competition. What do you think, Rob? Because obviously um, they're, they're, uh, they're only three points <coughs> off of a Champions League spot behind yeah, Chelsea. three points four. off Chelsea, five off Leicester. They will need some help, of course they will, um, off one of those teams <coughs> between now and the end of the season. I think they would see Europa League as a a good um, a good achievement from this season if they get there. But of course, of course they won the, champion, <coughs> the Champions League. Um, I agree with Tom. They will need to absolutely bolster their squad. You know, we saw what happened with Leicester when they won the Premier League, uh, the Champions League next season. Uh, really hindered them, and they had a uh, they actually had a good campaign in the Champions say, League. They, they did well in the Champions League. They got the, to the quarterfinals. In, yeah, in in the Premier League, obviously, um, they they really struggled and were nowhere near, uh, you know, maintaining that that title. Obviously, you could say that that was down to the previous season just being a bit of luck and everybody else being off colour. Don't really know, but yeah, they will need to bolster their squad. I think. Obviously, they're pretty much guaranteed to be in Europe now, barring a, a horrific last few games for them. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be bold, and I'm going to say they're going to get get into the top four. You think they'll get into the mm. top four? Uh, at, at the expense of who, though? Leicester or Chelsea? I'd say I think, Leicester. Le Leicester, Leicester, for me, always seem the more fragile side, um, yeah. I would say. But based off of last season, obviously, as well. Um, but, yeah. I, I'm going to say that Leicester will, will have a drop-off and, and West, uh, West Ham will get there. I think, realistically, probably will stay as it is, but uh, just as a bold prediction, let's, let's, say West Ham, <laughs> let's say Leicester will drop off and, and West Ham will get there. Leicester have some really hard games as yeah, well, especially they do, they the last do. three. Um, and they've also got the FA Cup to worry about too, an FA Cup final. Uh, they've still got Newcastle, Manchester United, Chelsea in the FA Cup final, Chelsea in the league. Oof. Uh, a couple of days later and then Tottenham on the last day of the season so um, the running for them is probably the most difficult um, and Rodgers always has a way of uh, of bottling <laughs> a, a top four but maybe it's different this season but um, well, they'll, they'll need to drop five points and um, you can see it happening 
but well, you can also see a good Leicester run in as well. Yeah, they're already better off this season than they were at the end of the season last season. Angus, do you have anything to add on to that, or are you pretty well, much on the same same level as those two? Yeah, I mean, looking at Leicester's results, they've already beaten. Uh, they drew two two to United in the league, beat them in the uh, one of the cups, and they've beaten Chelsea and they've beaten Tottenham already. So, it, and with the whole United protest Glazers situation, I think United actually might have a risk of dropping back behind them, but probably not out of a Champions League spot. But Leicester, I think, will be stronger than last season, which yeah. was very disappointing for Leicester fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, going on to the topic of Manchester United and the Glazers, Glazers, however you say that, I'm actually 100 percent sure. Uh, Glazers. It is Glazers, yeah. is it? I, I, I didn't know whether. To it was be fair, I was about to ask the same question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Obviously, the 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 game the other day got called off uh, against Liverpool uh, due to fan protests and fans actually gaining their way into Old Trafford, um, and uh, I think it was amid fears of player, uh, not yeah, player and manager's safety and staff around the, the ground obviously you guys being Liverpool fans, uh, what, what are your takes on that? A massive disappointment to my Sunday afternoon uh, <laughs> nearly my whole day was based around getting back at uh, half four and watching that but um, look, <clears throat> I think it's good that fans have taken a stand um, against the issues um, it's a bit disappointing that uh, a small minority of those fans which were majority peaceful protests decided to make it violent and cause some damage um, that's always a bad thing and I hope whoever I saw a couple injuries that happened I hope whoever they were are, are doing well I think there was two injuries yeah. one that required uh, immediate help yeah. in hospital so that is um, that is disappointing It's I'm now thinking what's the repercussions from this um, an abandoned game in the Premier League uh, probably I'm actually pretty sure it is the top grossing game in the Premier League hence yeah, why it's always yeah. a Sunday at 4.30 so it can gather the most time zones um, you know the repercussions of the money that was lost um, but also how is that fixture going to get put back in especially um, in a very congested yeah, season that yeah. we have um, with um, Manchester United still in European mm, football at the moment. they're um, looking to replace it with the West Liverpool West Brom I believe so right. move that fixture onto a Thursday and play the big right. fixture on the Sunday I see. Okay. or put it back to after the final match day which would be quite interesting but also really stupid mm, with, yeah. they, might, they might not have a choice though to be fair other than to just oh, yeah. but then it, it um, the season you could argue, you know, Liverpool fans could argue that it's hindering them, the fact that they've got to have their game moved to a Thursday night so that Manchester United fans, who caused the caused the game to be called off, get the nice nice fixture. But obviously, you know, money talks, and if if they want the game on a, on a Sunday at half past four, they get the game at Sunday at half four. I'm almost at the point where I don't care when it's played. Um, these are two clubs that ultimately wanted to join the, the Super League, um, so it was always a, a fixture that I think was a little bit shrouded by. By that, you know, two clubs that are obviously very power hungry and, and very greedy, and that's kind of what has uh, almost put me off, put, put me off Liverpool in a way. I've got to be honest. Um, but uh, obviously, then there's a deeper issue of money at Man United, where obviously the Glazers have come in. You know, they've apparently passed all their debt onto the club and um, haven't actually spent money on the club. The transfers have, have come from the club itself, is, is what the fans are arguing. Um, 
my, my main question was a where's Pogba and b where's the security like who who, who was actually there to stop those fans from getting into a, a stadium like that um it's pretty uh it's pretty worrying isn't it how so many fans were able to get in like that um yeah let, let's hope it can be replayed but obviously as as tom said um first and foremost let's hope that anyone who was harmed in in those protests are, are doing okay if it can't be replayed what do you think should be the consequences of Manchester United I think that they should be given a points deduction personally I think Manchester I think regardless of if the game is played I think they should be given a points deduction yeah because I think a fine's quite pointless isn't it a, a fine mm, is pointless yeah. with a club that has that much that much money um, the only way that you know something like this is going to actually um, get across to the fans and the owners is a points deduction mm. yeah and obviously um I think, in honesty, United have basically already got Europe, you know, in the bag. It would depend how many, how many points they get deducted. Obviously, the club themselves would argue, well, it wasn't them; it was it was mm. the fans that, that did this. But at the same time, the fans obviously are an extension of of the club. Um, yeah, I think there's definitely two sides to that one. Um, but yeah, I, I think ultimately, uh, you know, the club have to be held accountable. The fans have to be have to be held accountable, and and if that means punishing the club, then yeah, I think. Um, it's a a legitimate course of action isn't it yeah of course just drop them into the relegation zone I think it's the only fair way as a Liverpool (laughs) fan I think putting them in the relegation zone is a a fantastic well if you want to drop them into League 2 so Exeter can go up to League 1 I'll take that I'd say deduct them enough points so Leicester are guaranteed a Champions League oh well (laughs) you've got got that but um, I was reading TalkSport this morning and they're they're quite adamant that a points deduction won't occur because like you said money talks they're not going to knock Manchester United, which is probably one of the biggest English clubs, out of Champions League spots. Then would you say if this this happened with, say, West Ham Leicester? Cool. Say West Ham Leicester were and in this, they'd be they would probably get relegated. It's quite an for interesting it. point. Yeah, it, it's it's you know it's, it's one set of rules for one lot of clubs and one and another set for the other, isn't it? It's like the big six feel like they're untouchable and like regardless of what happens to them. It's that untouchable factor, and yeah. I think somebody need or something needs to happen to prove that you know. There are consequences, like the meme. Your actions have consequences, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's something has to happen. Whether it's with a Manchester United or a Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, we saw it last season again. City being done for um, their spending could have been knocked out of the Champions, Champions League for three years, yeah. but then they were fine. Um, after a couple of weeks, the fine got knocked down, the band got completely washed away. So that sort of lack of consequence comes across that like you said these clubs are untouchable and it's not right no can I just go um, the whole with the whole United and the fans walking onto the stadium had it not been Covid do you think there would have been more security there because letting all of the fans just walk in is um, probably better than Having think, security fairness, go they, against them. Everybody knew this was going to happen, though. Everyone knew yeah. that everyone knew that the protest was going to happen. There was protests that were supposed to happen, but the police and Manchester United security obviously didn't think it would be as serious as it turned out to be. I think. I mean, as soon as I heard that fans had got into the stadium, I was shocked. Mm. I, I, I didn't think anything like that would happen because obviously it happened at Arsenal and it happened at Chelsea, where the Chelsea fans tried to stop the team bus getting in, but ultimately Petr Cech came and sorted that out. Um, but there's a difference between you know protesting outside of the ground, and um, and you know breaking into the stadium and trespassing into an area that you know they're not allowed in. 
So, I, I, I don't know. It didn't seem they tried very hard to get in either. Neville and Carragher were saying they just they just saw them walk in. It was almost a shock to see people just there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, his car got stopped as well. Gary Neville's, um, Michael Oliver, the referee, who was supposed to be at the game, he was told to turn away later on. So He, he actually got into the stadium, though. There was pictures of him in the stadium. Oh, was there? Yeah, I, I think they... they stopped him getting in but then he got in eventually I, I, I'm not sure I think if he just showed some red cards they would have cleared off wouldn't they yeah, well, that's the only way <laughs> yeah, send them off for uh, free yeah, game suspension yeah it make, makes sense doesn't it um, yeah it's obviously it's it's a serious situation for the club um, is, is it, is it going to be a wake up call I don't know because obviously at the end of the day they're protesting against the club that uh well, I mean, the, the protests against the club, I should say, have obviously been quite condemnable. Um, the, these things that are happening, these protests, as soon as the game gets rescheduled, what's stopping the fans from doing it again? That, that was my first thought as well. I was like, well, ultimately, they've just delayed the inevitable. Mm. It's like, you know, unless they play it at a ground where no one knows they're being, it's being yeah. played and it, the date isn't given... Then, but then even then there'll be outrage of the further distancing of the big six towards their fans. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So yeah. I don't I don't know the resolution to to this. You know, you could always get more police, more security, but but that's why I think something like a points deduction will mm. actually because that then it will be right. Well, we can't do this again. Yeah, else yeah. We'll get more points deducted. So uh, yeah. Anyway, um, should we talk some actual football? That's happening. There is a Champions League game tonight, also one tomorrow. Got PSG against Manchester City, a second leg. Man City obviously 2 1 up in the first leg. How do we see this one? Uh, this one playing out then? Uh, I-, I could see Man City scoring at least one, um, which is not so much a problem for PSG because they are capable of scoring two goals, but um, at, at in the first leg I didn't understand what happened in the second half how they can go from imperious in the first half to just so toothless in, in the second half so they need a consistent performance PSG um, they've got to sc- obviously they've got to score at least two um, yeah it does need to be a, an almost flawless performance from, from them and given how flimsy their defence was in that second half for both the goals uh, I think there's definitely signs of, of concern there for, for, for Pochettino um, some issues that he's got to sort out at, at the back, and, and to be fair, also going forward, you know, because they really didn't show anything um, in in Man City's half. They barely had the ball in City's half in the second half of the first leg, um, which is really concerning given the talent that they have on on the pitch. You know, whether that was a front three issue, whether that was a midfield issue, getting the ball um, to the strikers, whatever it was, um, they've only had a week to sort it out, and I'm not too sure they would have been able to do that. So I, I'm, I'm going Man City tonight. I think PSG definitely have a, a chance. Of course, that's dampened now. Uh, Mbappe is still a doubt for tonight's game. Um, the top contributor in Liga 1 for team goals this season. It's going to be a massive miss for them. What they need tonight is goals um, against the City side, who's defended well and did well at the weekend, winning 2-0 against Crystal Palace and resting all of their, nearly all of their players. Um, a further testament to their squad depth. I'd like my heart. I'm honestly thinking that PSG will win tonight. I'm honestly thinking City. There's something about I don't know that City would just crumble again. There's something there um, that will cause that, and you know, that's not coming from any football analytics. That's just a gut feeling that City something's going to happen tonight, and PSG 
if they get a goal early on, confidence is with them, momentum runs with them. Um, if City score, um, you know, the objective still pretty much stays the same for PSG in scoring two. Um, so, you know, I think it's that they're away from home, no fans in the stadium, which is a usual sight for the Etihad anyways. And <laughs> going forward through that point, you know, I think PSG's just got something there. I think something... I don't think it's going to be an all-English final. I, I actually disagree. I kind of, with this PSG side, I still, I can still see elements of that team that, that lost to Barcelona in, in 2017. And I still see those those fragilities in that team. Despite the fact that it's largely a different team, I think it, it's almost written into that club's DNA now um, that they just can't win a European but, trophy. But wouldn't you say the same as Man City? I mean, at least PSG have made a final. Yeah, I mean, Man City have had that as well, I, I just don't think they've they've bottled it as badly as PSG have in the in the last few years. I think, plainly and simply, City have found themselves, in spite of the money they've spent, they've just ended up finding themselves coming up against teams that have been better. Um, whereas, I, think, I would, what about Leon? I was going to say yeah. Leon. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but at the end of the day, Leon just mm. played better. It was mm. also I, just a one-legged fixture, though. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. yeah I mean, if it had been a two-legged fixture, it I imagine been, the yeah, result would have been, been completely yeah. different. Just, just on the night, Leon mm. were the better team. But there's no excuse for PSG losing to Barcelona that night. No excuse no, whatsoever. No, oh, no, no, not um, at all. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Man City have developed more of a backbone. I, I would say I might be completely wrong, um, but well, this yeah. is the thing that we take. We're just predicting what's going to happen. Of yeah. course, yeah. And, the, and the, this is obviously the beauty of football. You don't know what's mm. going to happen when they when they step out on that pitch tonight. Yeah, um, I'm. I think that Manchester City will will ultimately prevail because um, there's something different about Manchester City this season. I just feel like they are just superior to pretty much any team they've come up against. This is what I found from the last couple of seasons. People have always said for the last three years now, City are, are, are different. They're, they're a different animal this season. They're yeah. you know different machine. And every season, whether that be Liverpool, uh, Spurs or Lyon, have managed to find a way past them. It's, will that come up again tonight is that they were a different animal but on the night they just folded again it, that's yeah. what stays in my mind and that's what think, makes me think maybe you know PSG have a very good chance of yeah yeah I, I think PSG have a good chance but yeah. I think there's also that thing that PSG they're still in a league fight at the moment they haven't won Liga which normally mm -hmm. they'd won it by this point Manchester City have all but had the title wrapped up and could have had it wrapped up if they're uh, Manchester Manchester United Liverpool game had gone ahead. Um, I think obviously Mbappe is is not fully fit, and I'm not sure whether he'll be starting tonight. I don't think anyone's 100 percent sure. But even in the first leg, Mbappe wasn't that great. I don't think he had a shot on target. It, it will be a very intriguing game, that's for sure. I, I uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Hmm. What about Angus? What do you think? Just got a really worrying suspicion that it, it's going to be a really dull nil-nil draw yeah i'm i'm also <laughs> of really that. i think yeah. i just it, it's got to that it's that stage where it's it's a, it's a really big matchup they are two of the biggest teams in the world and uh well they've got the first leg was well man, man city came out on top they they play better in the end but I think that's because of a PSG capitulation in the second half, mm. isn't it? Really. Mm, but have is, was that their one? You know, if they're going to do it, they've done it in the second half of their uh, home home fixture, which you know, now they're two away goals down. But uh, they've got that goal. Yeah. It, it really easily could go either way. 
I think I, I personally can't see a nil-nil. I think PSG are fantastic going forward. Um, they always look dangerous um, going forward. And last leg, of course, um, no shots on target from Mbappe. I think it was a 0.18 expected goals from both him and Neymar um, in the end. But there's still that threat. I think that's more a testament of Man City's defending rather than the poor finishing or or chance creation from them too. I think it was more yeah. generated from the back four. Uh, of, uh, but you think City have, have stones at the back, been very good this season, but still I'm, I'm sure City fans say, will say there's a mistake in him. I think it will come down to defensive errors in both teams mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, Marquinhos is a good yeah. defender, but every defender is prone to making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Even Van Dijk made mistakes, mm-hmm. has made mistakes before. But uh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's it's set up to be very interesting, but then there is also that fear that it could just be a nil nil boring draw. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever I watch the PSG highlights, it's you, Mbappe and you know Neymar have scored. It's very fast counter attacking football. Big big gaps in the defence of the other team. Man City don't leave those gaps. So mm. yeah, I, mean, also... I mean the the reason PSG put three past Bayern Munich. Uh, in Germany was because Bayern Munich don't want to defend all they want to do is get the ball and go forward they, they, yeah. they don't want to do the defending part first they just want to get forward um, and I think especially with Ruben Diaz coming into this Man City side um, he's been a, quite a, a positive influence on, Ruben Diaz has on been the incredible since signing for them I think so yeah as, as uh, Angus said those gaps aren't going to be there I think City will be a little bit more defensive minded um, tonight they're going to try and plug those holes and, and you know stop the likes of it, if Mbappe plays, stop those, stop those front three getting through, um, because we know how good how good a ball Di Maria can play. We saw that for um, for Marquinhos' goal uh, last week. Um, so I think City will be set up relatively defensively tonight. Um, it's just a case of who can who can take their chances really. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is obviously another Champions League game on tomorrow, being Wednesday. Um, Chelsea against Real Madrid. Uh, one all Chelsea with the away goal in the first leg how do we see this one playing out because this one I think is even more intriguing than than the other it's a bit naff the first leg wasn't it um, yeah, I think I don't think the weather helped with that no, one that's very true yeah the um, the, the goals were good uh, obviously Timo Werner should have scored it, sh- it should yeah. be 2-1 Chelsea um, but then again you know, if Werner had scored would, would Madrid then have gone forward a bit more I, I don't really know um, who knows how it would have turned out um, obviously Bottom line is Werner should have scored. Um, I think these are these are two sides that, particularly in the second half, really nullified each other. Um, they cancelled each other out. The difference, obviously, tonight is that Madrid come into it knowing that they need an away goal, otherwise they are out. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think this is more of a, a game instead of you know PSG and, and Man City last week, just two teams wanting to go forward and attack each other. I think this is two teams that want to control the game, you know, want to have possession. Um, but of course, Madrid will play that game knowing that at some point they really do have to score um, so it will be an interesting game but I, I think if there's if either of the ties are going to be a nil-nil draw I would say this one actually I think it's going to be interesting in that it starts off one all and and it can start as uh, Real Madrid chasing Chelsea but two quick goals Chelsea are then chasing Real Madrid I think mm. the scales of this game are a lot more fragile Um I think since Tuchel's come in for Chelsea, they've been so much more tactically sound defensively and going forward, they've been a lot more systematic in the way they've done things. Um, but it's that Real Madrid threat, isn't it? In the Champions League, Benzema, he's been fantastic this season. I think he's had 21 goals, uh, eight assists and 29 appearances in the in 
uh, La Liga, and I say that as if I think I know that. I just looked it up. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, he's always been a massive threat. Um, I think he's the fir- fourth, third or fourth top scorer in the Champions League. I think he's joint fourth with Raul. Well, yeah. I so, think like 73, I think, or mm, something like that, which is incredible. A goal in the last leg, clinical finish. Um, and there's always that danger that Chelsea are tactically sound at the moment. Um, and Real Madrid seem to be lacking a little bit of that punch power that they've had in, in their dominance between 2010 and 2020. Well, Chelsea, they've only conceded five goals in the 11 games at home that Tuchel's... Tuchel's uh, played so <laughs> but then they haven't played Real Madrid at home so but then it's always that all of those games did come in a loss to West oh, goal sorry came to a loss against West Brom mm-hmm. so like it, yeah it, it, it's set up to be very 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 tasty I think it depends on how well Timo Werner can play um, even Pulisic to, to an extent um how well Mason Mount can create chances because Mason Mount in that first leg mm. was, he was brilliant. Yeah, fantastic player. Um, really good. Uh, scored a great goal at the weekend or assisted a great goal at the week. Was it scored or assist? I know he I can't, he had a I can't great, honestly remember, you know, to be honest. Uh, assisted. Was, um, yeah, scored yeah, goal, fantastic. Um, it was the touch of control. Now I remember, yes. the um, But yeah, he's, he's been fantastic and uh, I'm excited to see him tonight and in the England setup for Euros and us uh, barring a God forbid a injury tonight or whenever uh, for the lineup or for the follow up to the Euros he's going to be great to watch but again it's that gut feeling I feel like Real Madrid just have that essence in them I feel like last Thursday I said it was going to be all English and now I'm sort of thinking no English is going to be in this final I think Real Madrid that finishing of Benzema the midfield talent Modric and Cruz everyone overlooks still still at the best there uh, at one of the best some of the best midfielders in the in the world so I think that's gonna tilt the tie and I'm, I'm gonna go for a Real Madrid PSG final Real Madrid PSG final Angus do you have anything to add to tonight's game uh, I do I think Chelsea are gonna get it I think I kind of I predicted a draw I didn't think it well, watching the game I didn't think it would be a draw I think um I think Chelsea, were, even though they scored first, were lucky that Real Madrid didn't get it away. Benzema's goal, while fluky, was insanely skillful. I mean, to head it down and then volley it over his head while he was still standing was, you know, it, it's that moments that make Real Madrid so dangerous. And uh, they've got Vinicius Junior. Um, is that right? Vinicius. Vinicius, and he didn't really wasn't as potent against Chelsea as he was against Liverpool. I think, I think Chelsea missed a lot of chances though didn't they that's the thing like Chelsea I mean, could have been 4-1 up in that I mean, game this, the amount of balls minutes. from Chelsea's midfield Modric that just went absolutely flying into the to nowhere because of the wet pitch yeah, yeah. Like, they left the both if, maybe it was just because of the wet pitch but both teams left a lot of spaces um, which looked like it could have been a goal every every pass but the pitch just wasn't for them so if they play like they played on that pitch at um, Stamford Bridge then it could be a plenty of goals, but Chelsea, I think, will will win it. And uh, unlike Tom, I'm I'm predicting a full English final. Yeah, I I think it'll um I think it'll be probably full English. Which is a downside because that could one nil goal in the first two minutes, and then you know whoever wins it just wins it 
bit yeah. like last time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, role of your predictions changed. Um, I think you predict today. Uh, I, I, I'm predicting another one English final. I'm, I'm still going to say Chelsea are going to go through. It's, it's a good point that Tom mentioned about um, about the Euros um, because you've got some young Chelsea players in there like Mason Mount and Kai Havertz, for example, who are going to be vying for a place in, in their respective squads. For Mason Mount particularly, um, you know, the, this game almost to an extent transcends the Champions League because all the, the talk um, in, the, in, in the England camp has been about are they going to play Jack Grealish or James Madison? And this season, Mount's come up and said, well, hang on a minute, what about me? You know, um, forget about them. This is all about me. And, and he's, he's done brilliantly. And I think the last leg particularly was uh, a, a great audition for that uh, for a place in that England squad. Um, as Tom mentioned, hopefully there's going to be no injuries um, between now and then that, that hinder that. Kai Havertz as well, obviously scored a double um, at the weekend. So, you know, he's looking strong for, um, for Germany in that respect. So um, to an extent, this game for... Uh, on an individual level is, is going to be about the Euros as well as just the Champions League um, but yeah in terms of who's going to make it to the final I'm going to say Chelsea are going to hang on yeah. I was going to uh, just just pick on the uh, the Euros um, the, the squad limit has been in, uh, increased to 26 instead of 23 which means there are there is extra room for the players like you know Mount Grealish Madison but Talking about England, like there's so many, so many different different players that could be put into this England squad. Like, is there any names that you think must be in this squad that you know probably wouldn't be uh, <laughs> under Southgate? Like, like for for example, the the number one spot will that go back to Pickford, or do you think Pope might take that? You can't give it to Pickford. You cannot. I don't if, if, you, if Pickford's yeah. in goal, England not, England are not winning the Euros. Simple as <laughs> that. Um, he's too error prone. Um, yeah, just just makes far too many mistakes. Uh, doesn't cover the goal. Mind uh, he was part well of the reason we made it so far in the World Cup. No, because he made a couple of penalty saves against Colombia. Sorry, but in in the Premier League for Everton, he's been abysmal. The the mistake, you know, the the mistakes he's made have been absolutely dreadful. Um, you know he's not good enough in goal. He makes too many mistakes. So if he's in goal, England aren't winning the Euros. They can just say goodbye to that. Nick Pope, I think, has to be in goal um, for that. Just not, just not Pickford. Just, <laughs> just, just not Pickford. Um, in terms of who has to be in the squad, I mean, I, I would have said, I would have said Jamie Vardy, but obviously, I, I think Jamie Vardy should yeah. be in the squad as well. But obviously, he retired himself, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, oh, who else? I, th I think off the back of how he's played this season, I I'd say Mason Mount. Would yeah. you say Mason Mount I, over I, Grealish or Madison? Obviously, Grealish and Madison have had spells of injury. I think I think Grealish is still out. Madison's only just come back yeah. now. I think of the three, my personal preference tends to be James Madison. In terms of form this season, I think Mason Mount is is the one I would look at and go, yeah, let's let's take a chance on him because you know I think he's for me shown shown the, the better form. But Madison's right right there with him. Grealish, uh, I, I don't know, he, he's good. But for me, um, I'd, I'd pick those two in front of him if I'm if I'm very honest. Would you I take know. both? I'd take all three. Yeah. If if, if I could. Um, with with the extra three men, you you, yeah. you could just have those as your three men. Yeah. Tom. Um, I know there's a really good article on first time finish. Somebody um, wrote a really in depth midfield formation in a four two three one. Um, I can't remember his name. Something rhymes with like. Uh, Com Tross or something, yeah. something like that. A really fantastic article. You go check it out if you haven't already um, on first time finish. But yeah, I think 
um, before he got injured, Grealish was um, was fantastic. I know he was one of the one of the best chance creators and most key passes per game in the Premier League, and he would have been fantastic fitting into a four two three one with England. Got injured, um, might be a bit out of form uh, as and when he comes back. Um, Mount, it's got to start for me. Fantastic player this season. He's he's been creative. He's been defensive. Tracks back, goes forward. Real, um, real fantastic prowess that he's got. As for the extra three in the side, there's a lot of players that I'd like to see who's not going to be. Vardy would be one of them. Retired from English football, of course, because of the lack of opportunities Gareth Southgate gives to his older players. Um, but Vardy, fantastic striker. I think he offers something different going forward. Um, going for a striker point of view um, and you've still got so many more talents here you've still got uh, Sancho, Jude Bellingham Sterling to fit in you've got um, Saka who is very good, Bakayoko, Saka um, Calvert-Lewin Calvert-Lewin of course, yeah, fantastic strikers here um, all af- offering something a little bit different and um, of course all of them not going to make it into the squad but it's just that versatility I think England have lacked. I think we've always had a plan A, you know, through Harry Kane. Um, but I think that plan B, maybe with uh, with reading lines of Vardy going through, would be a great option or or somebody else that, that we could have. But, of course, they're not all going to make the side. Um, but hopefully we can get the versatility in there. That's my key concern for Euros 2021. See, I, I think there's one player that definitely needs to be in there despite how young he is, and that is Jude Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the games he played against, I think it was uh, Sevilla, in the Champions League, he he did not look like he was a 17-year-old midfielder that had only played a couple of games I mean, in the Champions League. he was fantastic League. in the City tie as yeah, well. Yeah, he, he was. He's an unreal talent. He was incredible. Yeah. But would you say it might be a little bit too fast for someone that age to get into a senior? But it'll be one of his first England appearances as well. I'd, I'd uh, say why not? Team. If, if he's, playing, if he's yeah. playing well enough, yeah. which he is, I'd say why not? I, I'd bring him. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd start him you know, straight away, but if like you know, the third game where we've already qualified, play him, see how he plays for you know, the I think round of eight, isn't it? Or does it go straight to the quarterfinals now, I think? Or does it go to a round of 16? I know they changed the format four years ago, but I can't remember. I thought it was just the same, same old yeah. go through round, round of 16. Yeah, but there was, there's like 24 teams rather than 32, isn't there? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Sports journalism, that's <laughs> uh, the donut here. Angus, is there but anyone the thing, that you The thing is, with Jude Bellingham, who are you going to drop to play him? Because yeah, there yeah, is still the bountiful quality going Eric forward. Because Eric Dyer then you, will... But then you change the formation then, is... is is that of course? Yeah, I wouldn't play Eric Dyer anyway. No, Eric Dyer. I think them two. I think Eric Dyer and Henderson rotating in that centre midfield pivot would be a fantastic way to play. I think it, they both offer the defensive stability. Maybe Henderson hangs back a little bit more than Dyer does, and he's given a little bit more freedom. But that's also barring that Henderson's back and ready and fit for uh, for the Euros, which we Dyer by name, Dyer by nature, though, isn't it? It's around a 16, by the way. Oh, it, it is 16. Yeah, yeah but, but Henderson, yeah, is he going to be fit? That's the thing. That's, yeah. You've got to take into account injuries, like... Um, I, I would have said take Harvey Barnes, but mm. Harvey Barnes is obviously injured and will probably be out for a long time. What about Ollie Watkins? Ollie Watkins. have a fantastic striker. Yeah, yeah. I, I, but he got Kane, Lewin, former, former Rashford, Rashford, yeah, Greenwood. 
Um, I have to get that in, isn't it? <laughs> well, what was that? <laughs> He's a former Exeter player, Ollie Watkins. He was is. fantastic for Exeter. Before he he used, to, used to go to my school. I, I don't. I don't know about wow. Greenwood. Greenwood, I think he's a fantastic finisher. He, he I is really a fantastic like finisher. But I'm not sure if he's season. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's England level yet. Mm. I think Jude Bellingham is, but I don't think um, there's a lot of players. Greenwood is. I there's think, a lot of players in that bracket. I think um, being Liverpool fan myself, Curtis Jones, I think is a fantastic player um, going forward. Especially his pass completion is up there with the best, 92. percent I think. Would, um, would you start Jones over Bellingham though? Curtis Jones has a um, has got a suspension. Though. He's got a three match mm, suspension. But this is he? what, yeah, yeah. This is what no, I'm saying. European you know, suspension. He's gonna, yeah. Yeah, is he's that gonna be out. competitive games? Or yeah. Uh, yeah, it's because um, in the 21 under 21s Euros, he was sent off in the final match. Which, bought, they bought it essentially. Yeah, they they yeah. should have gone. For he, it, he was yeah. sent off in the final match and um, which, a straight red. But as as the point like through players who maybe aren't quite ready for the senior call up yet. You know, I put for Kurt Jones into that category as well. Is that I think he's a fantastic player, but I still think he needs another season just to um, get more into his game, get a consistent starting pattern going forward. Um, of course, he's usually on the bench for Liverpool starting the odd game last season. This season, he started a couple of more more games. So, I think yeah, players like that are in that bracket who are good but not quite ready for that England senior call up. Yeah. Yeah, I think Jones has definitely shown that he's able to have an impact. Um, he's not quite been in the Liverpool team enough um, to, to be considered for an England spot yet. Um, there's definitely some really, really promising young talent coming through. Um, and I think where the England squad is slightly better than it was before um, is that players integrate a little bit better. Um, one of the reasons that the golden generation didn't work um, Steven Gerrard said that that was just because they didn't like each other. They played in the same league. They played for the same clubs in, in uh, different clubs in that league, um, and they just couldn't find a way to to get around that um, and put those differences aside. Whereas now those players are, are able to differentiate between you, you're my club rival, but as soon as we get to the England stage, we're teammates now. I think they're a lot better at doing that. Another position to look out for, of course, is right back. Um, a lot of right backs in the league, yeah, English right backs. Right backs um, who's starting for you, Rob? Uh, of course, Gareth Southgate, I, looking like he ain't gonna, he isn't going to uh, pick Trent Alexander. I, I almost wanted to say wanted to say Trent, but I just think his his offensive qualities are so much better than his, than, than his defensive qualities. It almost makes you want to convert him to. A I was right going to say he need, he needs to go into midfield because that's where he's most potent in terms of who's actually going to be at right back. Uh, it's got to be Carl Walker, isn't it? Yeah, Walker looks good. I, I'm thinking about Reece James. Reece James, but Reece I, James I, though, yeah. yeah, yeah Reece James is, I think those are the main Chelsea. three that'll go. Reece James can play as a defensive midfielder though as well, mm. can't he? So, mm. yeah. Carl Walker's been playing as a centre back for yeah, Southgate yeah, as well. Yeah. So. yeah. What about um, Wambasaka? Of course, Wambasaka as well. Um, it's. I think I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't rate Wambasaka ahead of Walker. If no, I'm very no, honest. neither would I. It's always it's it's looking at that team and thinking, well, do you want to play offensively and risk, you know, conceding a goal for scoring two, or do you want to play defensively and and snatch a goal maybe later on in the game? Um, I think we have options to cover all of those bases, which is a great thing. But now it's it's the problem of choosing which system you want to play. I think England will play defensively, and I think because of that, Trent Alexander-Arnold won't start. Uh, despite him being named consistently as one of the best right backs in the world, um, so yeah, I think it's down to a Walker or a Reese James placement. 
I think, like you said, that centre defensive thing also offers the chance uh, if Dyer's not in good form or Henderson's not fit, is playing him there. Um, although it would be better to have somebody established in that position rather than a, uh, a filler in. Could you? I mean, I know it's one game, but uh, left back uh, Andy Robertson, right back Charlie Andy, Andy Robertson, Scottish. Would you want to play? Alexander Arnold for that one game because he knows Andy Robertson so well to get oh. the upper hand. Uh, gotcha. I'm just gonna turn that one around there. <laughs> I was aware it, of his. I was getting Vietnam roots. flashbacks <laughs> yeah, of the was, um, yeah. Wes Morgan one. Like, why isn't Wes Morgan? Have you seen that? Why isn't Wes Morgan in the England or England side? <laughs> well, that, yeah. he's, he's Jamaican. Twenty-three well, caps. Uh, the, the bloke, he's, he's Finnish. He's not Finnish. He's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, um, that point yeah, though that uh, point, that's a good point to be fair mm, he will is, is mm. playing those teammates that know him but then might Tierney start at left back well Andy Robertson's captain of Scotland yeah but would would Robertson not start like right back or, or would, well, would would he play both Tierney and Robertson I'm, I'm not sure because mm. obviously I don't know anything well, Robert, about the Scottish Robertson's pretty much guaranteed to start because he's club captain but you know he's, they're not going to drop the captain so um but think, then it also it work it works both ways. Andy Robertson knows Trent Alexander Arnold, so you know yeah. playing him would counteract that as well. But so. then, yeah, but then like uh, Jake said, Robertson's guaranteed to start mm, for Scotland. Yeah. So would that be the wild card to play? But, but then point. You, you could just you could completely confuse him and play someone like Max Ahrens from from Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> get Lamperty in from Brighton. Or, get him in there. Or James Justin from Leicester. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, do you think how many players from barring Dortmund I think there's only Dortmund players considered outside of the top six how many players are considered uh, Nick Pope and goal well goalkeepers um, are yeah James um, Madison well he's top six top six well, I suppose he is a top yeah. six team <laughs> yeah, would you class Leicester as the top six team now well they're in the top six yeah I, 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 don't, I don't mean I just, think yeah. there's a difference between the top six and the big six in that respect, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, so Leicester, of course, still need to make up the money that, say, at Arsenal, who aren't in the top six, but still brings in that money. But I, I discovered whilst doing my uh, investigative journalism mm. uh, piece that Leicester are actually the 20th richest club in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Or, or in Europe, that is. They're the 20th richest club, only just behind the likes of Roma. And that really surprised me. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's a big growth, I guess. I, I'd be interested to see the growth between 20, say, just before they won the Premier League to now, their growth of wealth oh, within the yeah. club. It, it must be quite substantial. I'd say another shout for outside the top six is Connor Cody. Um, mm. Excellent cent- central defender for, for Wolves. Um, leads that team brilliantly. Uh, this season, have a couple of mistakes crept in? Yeah, probably. But uh, I would I would still take him over Harry Captain of the squad as well at a young age as yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah. What about Calvin Phillips? Because I am hmm. so I am yeah, of we, the opinion like that Calvin Phillips should not be in the England <laughs> side. I have thought it ever since he got announced the first uh, time. Do you that's know what? Again, against Manchester City, he was fantastic. He was brilliant against. Is them. that where they won? Was it? That's where they won two one. Yeah. Um, he had a brilliant performance. And to be fair, you know he's been a solid solid player. All, I know you don't like him, but he's been a solid player all season. For, for Leeds um, in their first season back in the Premier League it's one of those though isn't it where you come from say a, a, a lower stature club um, but it's like can you perform at an uh, international level there's only one way to find out and that's to, to, to put him in put him in the side uh, that gave um, me um, things of a 
<laughs> of Harry Harry's TV. Let's just have a massive fight. That's how it should be. It should be like YouTuber boxing, and then there's a there's a position that needs to be filled right in the ring. You go six rounds. The ultimate training camp. Um, For the last 10 minutes of our episode today, I want to talk about the Europa League games. I know, obviously, people aren't as fond of the Europa League, but Manchester United fans and Arsenal fans particularly will be interested in what happens in the next two legs. Uh, Manchester United, obviously, 6-2 up uh, in aggregate after a dominating second-half performance. Um, And Arsenal 2-1 down to Villarreal. Uh, How do we think these two are going to play out? Uh, I think United are pretty much a dead cert, aren't they, for for the final. I can't see Roma overturning that one. Um, (laughs) They're not going to do what they did against Barca. No, probably not. I I mean, to be fair, I I remember Liverpool beat them 5-2 and they very nearly overturned that one. So it's it's not, you know, it's not unforeseeable for for, for Roma to turn it around. Those last five minutes were actually horrible. I literally thought we're going (laughs) to draw this game 5 all now. (laughs) Yeah, it was a a mental finish to that game. Uh, But yeah, I I think Roma, I don't think they'll have enough to beat uh, United. Arsenal, tough one. I forget, they're at... They're uh, they're away. They're home. Yeah, Um, So yeah, I I think Arsenal will overcome Villarreal. Um, Yeah, I I think Villarreal are a lot better in Europe, especially. They're a lot better at home than they are away. Um, They go away to English clubs, and you know the last time was was against Liverpool, and they lost three nil in the second leg in the Europa League. I think Arsenal just have too much going forward for this Villarreal side. Um, So yeah, I think. More more likely than the Champions League. I still think the Champions League will be an All English final, but I'm pretty certain that this one will also be an All English final. It's quite a big uh, statement for Arsenal to get to the final. Um, I, 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 think, I just yeah. don't think Villarreal yeah, yeah, have yeah. enough to, to beat them. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Manchester United. You know, that's six two, yeah, pretty six much two. done and dusted. That's a dead cert, really, isn't it? However much um, I hate Manchester United, I do believe <laughs> that they do have enough to not concede for or. Um, and also have the potential to score when going forward. Um, Arsenal, on the other hand, yeah, um, that's going to be an interesting tie. Arsenal, problem with them, like so many teams this season, is you don't know what sort of team's going to come out. Um, you don't know whether you're going to get an Arsenal that go ahead and press. And uh, like they have loads of times this season, is look well in the first half hour, concede a goal, and then play really quite abstract to what you think they can play. Arsenal do have it in them to win the game. Uh, they've got the quality there. They've got the the uh, tacticians, and they've got all of the they've got the toolkit to do it. But Valencia have um, Villarreal. Yeah, uh, not Valencia. Yeah, it's, it's the Spanish teams in the Europa League: Sevilla, Valencia. <laughs> if, and if, if it was Valencia, I'd definitely say they would go through the. <laughs> <laughs> um, so apologies um, for that. But yes, Villarreal. Um, I nearly said Valencia there again, but Villarreal. They've got good good players in that side as well, and going forward, they do have the potential to get another um, Jared Moreno being a fantastic player for that side. So, um, again, I want to I I like Arsenal. I want to see them hit the final. Um, I want to see them win because it, it, it's better to see more teams in the Champions League from England, and it'd also be funny to see them suffer next season because of it. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like buy in in the group stages again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten, 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 ten. ten. <laughs> um, a, a classic meme back from nearly. Ten, it, it feels weird that's nearly ten years ago. All those like Bayern Munich games 
were going on. Now it's Tottenham who seem to get Bayern and and eventually lose to them. Um, <laughs> they've uh, they've left the other North London Cup alone now. They've, it, they've gone to the other one instead. <laughs> they're spreading the hate across all of North <laughs> London. Chelsea next. Yeah, they're going to take over London. Um, Fulham's rare appearance in the Champions League. <laughs> into triple figures for them. Their Europa League appearance. London Europa is League final red. about uh, 10, 12 years ago. So. Yeah, London's red and it's not Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bavarian. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think I don't think Arsenal are going to turn up away. I think the pressure is going to get to them, and I think it's going to be the Spanish versus the English in the Europa League final. I'm on the, the the same as Tom. I don't think Arsenal have enough. I also think Villarreal are a good footballing side and can hold out their lead. Did, did we say they're at home? They are at home. So they've got two away goals. No, Arsenal Oh, okay. Away goal. Okay. Um, so Arsenal have the away goal then, do they? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be Spaniards against the English. Um, one particularly big game in the Premier League this weekend: uh, Manchester City Chelsea. Also, some other other games: Liverpool against Liverpool B team, Southampton. Leeds <laughs> <laughs> uh, against Tottenham. Um, Leicester Newcastle could also be a good one. So very, you know, some deciding fixtures for the top four. Uh, how do you think Man City will do? Do you think they'll finally grasp the title? I'm sorry, my um, headphones cut out. Um, who were they against again? Man, Man City? City Chelsea. Man City Chelsea. Um, well, uh, of course, City have the chance to claim the title this weekend with a win, or if Manchester United lose. Um, I think it's really in question that they're going to win it at some point, but they'll want to get that done and dusted as soon as they can. Chelsea have um, a limited squad depth. Um, they'll want to they want to play this Tuesday. Then they've got, of course, the game at the weekend. Another games against Leicester all coming up. They'll want to make sure their squad is fresh. So um, I think City will see that one off. The, I think they'll play the strongest team they can to see um, Chelsea beaten, uh, win the title, get that done. Um, that's the way I see that one going at least I think Tuchel uh, you know he's against another fantastic tactician in Pep Guardiola so um, yeah I, I think Chelsea will um, succumb to a loss in that game a game which could of course be the Champions League final mm, it could and um, if they had fans it could have been called off with uh, protests but uh, <laughs> obviously one of those teams um, doesn't have that to um, cause. Is it home or away, Man City? Home or uh, away? Manchester City are at home. home. Ah, so, right yeah, so no chance of that happening. Then. <laughs> um, apologies. To, actually, no, I'm not going to apologise to the City fans <laughs> out there. Um, I mean, there's that advert with Peter Crouch literally just <laughs> saying that the Etihad's never been as noisy. Well, yeah, well, it's very true. Um, a club made in 2010. But, uh, you know, that's a debate <laughs> for another day. Um, of course, get in contact with the show, uh, hashtag Workshop Radio. We'll read out any tweets if you are a City fan and you want something to say about that. Or um, just tweet us at, at onthehead underscore. Or if you want to uh, get on call, uh, make sure you've got a Microsoft Teams account and we'll try and get you on the air. It's, uh, I'm more than willing to have a debate with just you. Just hell some abuse at Tom. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you could try and do that, um, but that's not really a reasonable grounds for debate. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Man City FC winning the title this weekend, um, no matter what happens. Chelsea are going to come to a loss, um, maybe the second loss in two days, the way I see it going. Uh, not two days, but... Two days uh, in game. Uh, two, uh, I think that's the way the football should be played uh, just a game after another um, but no, I think it might be the 
two uh, two losses in a week um, for them, uh, the way I predicted it. Uh, predicted it. And um, yeah, okay. Rob, uh, Liverpool need need a win against Southampton to uh, hope to help their top four chances. Obviously, Southampton they're they're not the best team. And I will, I, think, I will also debate with anyone who wants to call it. I think Liverpool and Southampton are two of the worst ones since 2021. I think I think they're near the bottom yeah. in terms of yeah. results. But um, I think Southampton has shown they carry a threat. Uh, Liverpool's top four hopes obviously are, are gone. They're, Do you think? No, nah, of course not. They're, they're not getting the Champions League from this point. I think if, if Chelsea lose to Man City, that opens up the chance for West Ham, doesn't it, to, to, to get into the top four. I'd love to see them in there just because you know it's a, it's a different side. I think Liverpool will win, um, but all that's going to do is bolster the hopes of Europa League. I really don't see them um, getting into the top four. Yeah, Angus, do you have anything to add? We haven't spoken to you in a while. Uh, I think Rob's right with the Europa League. Liverpool, it's it's going to be down to other results, not themselves, because you know they've shown that they can't win games recently. And I was going to think, what was the result on the weekend? They didn't have a game. That's going to weigh on their minds a lot. But then they are fresher than yeah, Southampton. They might be a bit fresher. But Southampton, I mean, last time they played, Danny Ings, worldy goal, 1-0, couldn't get past them again. So that, they've done that to Man City as well, scoring a good goal and then shutting them out. Yeah. But Liverpool were probably probably lose to Southampton again. So, obviously, on Thursday we talked about what we think our top four will be. What about fifth, sixth, and seventh? Because obviously those are the Europa League and Europa League conference places. Currently, we've got West Ham in fifth, Tottenham in sixth, Liverpool in seventh, Everton just behind them in eighth, and Arsenal in ninth. Um, but, so, I'm going to make make another make a bold prediction. This is this is just a kind of stick in my neck out sort of prediction. But uh, I'll say... I'll say, why don't we go down from the top? So say, like, right, so first, Man City, we're all agreed. City's yes. going to finish. Uh, second, Manchester United. Were we all agreed second, Manchester United? Yeah. Uh, third I is think... now when it starts becoming a bit contentious. I'll say uh, Chelsea third, West Ham yeah. fourth. I actually think United might drop to third. Really? I'm sticking with what I said earlier. I think Leicester will swap with them. Especially oh, with right. this. Yeah, I mean, United, bear in mind, have played a game less than Leicester. Mm-hmm. So they are a net seven points clear of them. Um, but could potentially be less if they do get a points deduction. <laughs> and you Maybe. know, there's no stopping the fan. Uh, apparently, there's no stopping the fans once, so they might do it again, and that's going to weigh at their minds. Um, I think it will stay the same top four wise. I think those teams, maybe City and Chelsea, might swap. I don't think they will because Chelsea have uh, a difficult time in terms of fixture congestion. Same as Leicester, really. But I think Leicester's got something different to offer um, now. In terms, I want to say that West Ham will drop points at some point, and I'm going to say Liverpool in fifth. Um, that may be due Bold. to bias, uh, but I do believe that Liverpool can summon something to get the results. I know their run-in's pretty kind to them. Uh, United, the last uh, quote-unquote hard game um, they have. Um, I know that. Uh, who who would you think would come fifth, Rob? Is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, interesting mm. on that point because Liverpool are one of only two teams in the top seven who are uh, who are unbeaten in the last in the last five. United being the other one. I'm going to say City, United. I, I'm going to say Chelsea will finish third. As I say, I'm sticking my neck out. I'm going to say 
West Ham fourth, Leicester fifth, and then I'll say I, I'm going to say Liverpool are going to finish seventh this this season. I just don't think they've carried enough of a threat, and I think they've frankly they, they've bottled it on too many occasions this season. So yeah, I'm going to say Spurs sixth, Liverpool seventh. Angus, just looking at this, I think uh, I'm looking slightly further down as well. I know that's uh, but Liverpool sixth, Tottenham eighth, Everton seventh in that order. And then I think Arsenal could legitimately drop down out of the top ten and Aston Villa and Leeds United get above them. That would be funny, not going to lie. With um, um, that, yeah, and then Leic- uh, Manchester City, Leicester City, United, Chelsea, West Ham. West Ham in champion spot in fourth and Chelsea in fifth, followed by Liverpool. I really think Chelsea are going to drop out. Okay. I think they've got, they've got Champions League, they've got uh, Leicester in the final, and they've also got to play Leicester in the um, in the league, which I think is that's quite significant because quite often when a team has to play one team like in a row, then you know they usually get one and the other one gets the other. I think Leicester will win, lose again in the um, the FA Cup and the win in the league, which will in, be more important for them. Not a chance. Leicester will win in the league. Uh, not league. <laughs> the league. <laughs> win in the cup. Be a fantastic turnaround. <laughs> uh, uh, I myself are going to go Man City, Man United, uh, Leicester, Chelsea, and I'm going to go Tottenham fifth, Liverpool sixth, West Ham seventh. Okay. Right. Uh, that is all we have time for today. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Jake Fahey. Tom. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, make sure to check out our socials. Uh, yeah. We've got an Instagram now. We um, did have an Instagram. Uh, yes. Yeah. So uh, on the head, yeah, on the head, uh, just all, all as you know. So uh, get in contact on that page as well. Give us a follow and give us some likes because uh, they help our egos. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's been all from me as well. Thank you very much, Jake, for presenting. Goodbye from Rob. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, as Tom said, follow us on our socials. Please follow us. <laughs> please, please. We need, we need, <laughs> we need <laughs> the yeah. followers right now. We could do um, that. And uh, yeah, join us again for the next one. Thank you very much, Angus. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Thank you very much.